The following conversation with union organizer Sam Potter and St. Charles tech worker Jordan Perry about the Oregon Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals fight for a fair contract at the Bend Hospital originally aired on January 29th, 2021 on the Radical Songbook on KPOV, 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. The Radical Songbook is hosted by Michael Funky. It is a two-hour show highlighting the role that music plays in social justice and protest, and it airs Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Back in September of 2019, uh, 150 technologists uh, at St. Charles Medical Center in Bend voted overwhelmingly for union representation. They voted 90 to 34 to join the Oregon Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals, which is affiliated with the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers. Nurses at St. Charles have been members of the Oregon Nurses Association since 1994, and they are also an AFT affiliate. After running an anti-union campaign, hospital administrators uh, said they would quote-unquote work collaboratively with the union uh, for a first contract, and bargaining indeed started in January of 2020. Uh, so I'm joined today by Sam Potter, an organizer for the OFNY, OFNHP, uh, the Oregon Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals. And uh, Sam, is uh, Jordan Perry there with you? Okay, great. Jordan's a union member who works at St. Charles. So we're going to get an update on this long campaign for union representation. Sam and Jordan, welcome to KPOV. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us. Um, so we want to talk about some of the issues and some of your plans for the next uh, few days. Um, but let's start with a little history. What were the issues and concerns that led uh, St. Charles tech workers to seek union representation? Okay, and so um, the um, what kind of work do you give our give our listeners a sense of what kind of work uh, technologists at St. Charles do? Who, how would they? Uh, how, how would possibly patients or people that go to St. Charles for care? How would they? Where would they run into your your uh, your union members? Um, uh, uh, ventilators for COVID patients, 
and uh, for critically ill patients. Uh, OR techs work in the family birthing center. They help deliver uh, babies with cesarean sections. And um, OR techs also work in the, uh, in the operating room. And they take trauma calls, so they uh, keep, uh, receive trauma patients. They, uh, they're the ones that assist the surgeons during surgery. So um, we, the, the union, uh, represents uh, a, a grand scheme of, of techs that kind of encompass overall patient care. And kind of like I, I would restate that, uh, like, like the hot thing to talk about during COVID is uh, nursing staff and how they're affected and physicians. But uh, there are a lot of other uh, uh, technologists and technicians that have direct patient care. And so we're just asking for their treatment to be equitable um, to the uh, nursing and uh, physicians. Yeah, I would imagine that um, things are pretty stressful for all of you, uh, everybody at St. Charles, uh, except for possibly the administrators. I don't know, <laughs> but that's just my opinion. <laughs> uh, and Jordan, what's your job? What do you do? So uh, I've been employed at St. Charles uh, for about seven years. Uh, my background, uh, I was trained in, in the military as a surgical tech. Um, uh, my, I work at St. Charles as a CSP, a certified surgical tech. My uh, active role is I coordinate orthopedic surgery uh, for, for the main operating room. Um, so I, I, I deal with uh, just orthopedic cases that, that come into St. Charles. And these patients um, potentially could have COVID if they're, um, or they, they, they could have COVID or, you know, they could be COVID positive or they could potentially have COVID. But um, a lot of cases, a lot of times, you don't know if they're positive or not. So we do come in contact with patients um, that potentially have uh, the virus and not really, uh, not really know until later. Yeah, I, I have some friends in uh, in healthcare, um, including one who sadly died uh, right at the outset of the. Uh, of the virus, and I know it's pretty. It's got it's got to have been a pretty um, stressful and, um, in in many ways, kind of scary year for all of you. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been pretty terrifying having to deal with the virus and um, uh, having to kind of, kind of navigate the hospitals pathway um, that they've developed in um, not only caring for their patients but caring for the technologists and technicians that work at the facility that take care of these patients daily. So. It's been very stressful on the um, technologists and technicians and our families. Yeah. So um, just for these, the SEIU, the service employees, attempted to organize a union there about 10 years ago, and there, it was decertified. But were your, your, this group of technologists, was that part of that group, or is this, was it separate? Sure. So that encompassed a lot of the same group, um, but it was a very different situation at that time. Um, there was attempted to organize with the service workers and the uh, and technologists together, um, which ultimately didn't um, represent the needs of, of either unit adequately. Um, we are in an excellent position now, though, so um, we feel good about uh, the organizing done. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think, you know, I was I was around when that happened, and I know that the SC, it was a huge, much larger unit. They only won by about six votes, and uh, a hospital engaged in what we call surface bargaining, I would say. And for our listeners, what that means is essentially kind of what it says. It's just sort of say you're bargaining, but then you're not really bargaining. 
uh, and they stretched out the process and then successfully engineered uh, decertification of SEIU. Uh, but that was a very close vote. Yours is overwhelming. Um, but despite the unionized nurses for 20 or 25 years that St. Charles uh, administrators have dealt with, they always seem quick to uh, challenge any union campaign by unorganized workers, and they always seem to want to stretch out bargaining. I know the last round of uh, uh, nurses' union bargaining lasted for really a long time. I can't even remember how long. C- can you give us a sense of what their anti-union campaign was like and, and maybe you know, just kind of segue right into you know, what's, what's happening in bargaining? I mean, you've been bargaining for a year now. Yeah, I would. Yeah, they certainly take advantage of that. And just so our listeners know, and I, I can't remember the details because it was a while back, but ten years or so. But during that previous uh, larger campaign, the hospital spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on anti-union consultants that they hired. Um, money that could have been channeled right into patient care if they had not challenged the union and, and had instead um, bargained a contract. And so. They say that they're bargaining, but so I and I imagine COVID has had some impact on 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 the bargaining since you started bargaining just a, a couple months before um, before COVID hit really hard. Um, but how how is that? Why is it? Is that is that the primary reason that it's taking a long time, or, or what else is happening in bargaining? So we've been bargaining, as you know, for quite a while, um, and COVID definitely put things on hold and kind of made things a little more complicated. Um, I would say that the unit perspective, we are, we're going uh, outside of uh, um, normalcy um, to try to meet with the employer to uh, get this contract ratified. We've even uh, proposed meeting on nights, weekends, um, evenings, multiple days, over Zoom, um, and other methods online so we can uh, reduce the impact of spreading COVID um, to each other. Um, and the hospital doesn't seem to want to do any of that. And it's very off-putting because, again, all we're trying to do is, is get this contract ratified to remove all the distractions from the community to focus on the greater good of, of just taking care of, of patients again at St. Charles. Uh, but they just they seem to be um, just prolonging this um, the, the time it takes to just ratify the contract. And, and our main goal is to just get this contract ratified, a fair contract for both sides, and they just seem to want to prolong it. And it, it, it seems like they are um, trying to prolong it to for the unit members to lose steam and to lose interest in the unit. But I think the exact opposite is taking place. We're getting um, people getting more frustrated knowing that the hospital is kind of dragging their feet, not wanting to bargain with us to negotiate a, a fair contract. 
and people are um, becoming more upset, um, the technologists and technicians, and we're actually getting a lot more support. So um, it's kind of boiling down to, um, you know, a, a progressive action campaign. So the 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 administration's reticence to finalize this agreement is helping you to kind of build a, an internal organizing campaign. It is in many ways. Um, we've only seen the campaign get stronger with time, and the reality is that folks are just very frustrated with St. Charles' employer. They've seen conditions, um, well, working conditions, for hospitals deteriorate for. Well, some of our bargaining members have been working for uh, decades, at 40 years, um, and they've described just seeing it go downhill and downhill and downhill over the last 20 years. Um, so people, people have reached the end of the rope, and they're willing to fight for what they deserve. So are, are there any... I mean, in terms of the progress of bargaining, I know that there are some issues that kind of get taken care of earlier than others are. Would you say that there are any... And I don't want you to divulge. I know you don't want to necessarily, you know, talk publicly about everything that's going on in bargaining. I totally get that. But, you know, are there any, like, sticking points that you're having a particularly challenging time with the administration on or, or anything? Just can you give us a sense of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would identify two really major issues. And I'll, I'll ask Jordan as well. Um, this is just from what I've heard from our bargaining team. But um, the first and foremost issue is, is wages. Um, the wages in Central Oregon, which the St. Charles Health System, are far below market value. We've had bargaining team members, contract action team members, other folks in the unit, um, actually call the facilities, um, both ones that are close here in um, the Oregon market and as well the greater Northwest. And they've across the board found that their wages are on low market. Um, this is again St. Charles is taking advantage of the fact that there's nowhere else to go if they're not working at St. Charles. Um, the other major issue that we're facing is, uh, well, it's uh, mandatory overtime, or rather when overtime kicks in. So many, many staff um, who work at St. Charles are being regularly kept past the end of the shift. Um, we have some folks who are working up to, um, well, they're working 12-hour days, which isn't unheard of in healthcare. But the problem is they're scheduled for eight-hour days. They end up working 150% of the standard shift, um, and they earn no overtime pay for that because St. Charles' policy is that overtime pay doesn't kick in until employees have worked their 12th hour. So we have people doing critical frontline care. Um, I'm referring specifically to radiation therapists at this point, taking care of patients in very delicate uh, health circumstances, right? Very sensitive uh, patients. And they're being, they're being passed for 150 percent of regular shifts. And it's happening multiple times a week um, to the point where uh, folks have issues scheduling childcare and managing other issues, seeing their families, because they never know how long they can be kept at the hospital. Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of uh, attitude by management not only impacts um, the workers, like you're just saying, in terms of their being able to actually schedule their lives away from work, but also I would say as a patient, and I've been a patient a few times, I really um, appreciate the work that everybody does there, and I don't really want people that are taking care of me to, to be working 12 hours. I mean... Uh, you know, I mean, that's, uh, you know, we fought for the eight-hour day over 100 years ago, and uh, that's really, 
Yeah, uh, that's not good at all. So uh, I just want to let listeners know, if you just tuned in, I'm talking with Sam Potter, who's an organizer with the Oregon Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals, and Jordan Perry, who's a member of that union and who is a technologist working at at St. Charles. And we're talking about the bargaining that they're in uh, right now for their first contract. They um won an overwhelming election vote, uh, union vote back in September of 2019 and have been bargaining since the beginning of 2020. Um, so the nurses union, um, there are you, are they uh, able to provide you some support internally? Yeah, so they've been super helpful with uh, providing us support, um, education, and kind of how to navigate best with the hospital, how to, how to achieve the fair contract. Um, We've been working closely with them to um, establish kind of ground rules of how we deal with the hospital and um, and how they kind of went, uh, went about uh, organizing and ratifying their first contract. So they've been instrumental in helping us achieve what we have accomplished so far. Have you been able to... Um this is kind of a different way that that some that some unions uh, function. Have you been able to sort of push the push the administration, even though you don't have a contract yet, you have a certain certain amount of power uh, from from the election. Have you been able to win any any changes or any changes in attitude from um, from supervisors or anything like that during the course of this campaign? Yeah, so that's a great question. And one thing I definitely would uh, like to talk about was um, the operating room. Uh, at one point, I don't know the exact numbers, but we were down um, to probably a quarter of the staff we should have full-time for the operating room. Um, the wages and uh, the and, uh, attrition rate for staff um, was atrocious, and so people were leaving or uh, you know, retiring or transferring to others' um, hospitals or just quitting because of the work conditions and the, the pay. Um, for the OR tech to get in the main OR. Uh, this was established in, uh, kind of early on, I would say early on, in, in our bargaining sessions, we kind of established this chronic need for more staff in the OR. And we um, talked to the employer about what that looks like and how to achieve getting back up to uh, full staff. And uh, the OR tech uh, got a fair market value raise and in the course of probably 30 days after that uh, raise, um, we had back up to full staff. So we went from, and I don't quote me, we went from probably 7 to 10 full-time staff to about 28 staff. So um, it's, it's a huge win for our community. It's a huge win for our bargaining members. It's a huge win for, uh, uh, for uh, the health system. And uh, it's, it's overall affecting the community by us being able to provide good patient care because um, we have the staff. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that that is just great to hear. I didn't know that when I asked the question, but that's it's just a remarkable that that kind of stuff is really important for people to understand that, you know, even while you're still bargaining your first contract, that you can exercise power and influence and make positive changes in the workplace. And like you say, when we're talking about the hospital, uh, we're talking about you know positive impacts for everybody. Every single one of us that ever has to has to walk in the door of that hospital for some health care. So thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate hearing that you've, you've been able to do that. That's just wonderful. Yeah, I think we, it just shows volumes that, you know, by us organizing, organizing we're just really committed uh, to keeping things a healthy place and to keeping things a healthy community. 
Yeah. So you have, um, well, let, let's segue into uh, what's happening now. You have some plans, if I, as I understand it, for, um, I guess we would call it informational picketing, correct? Yes. Uh, we have a plan for Sunday. Uh, I think it's from 9 uh, a.m. to um, 27th and Neff, right? Okay, that's right up there at the big the big intersection up there, just east of the hospital. And that's just not, is there anything else? It's so Sunday from nine to five. Yeah, Sunday from nine to five. We're getting uh, hopefully we're going to have a huge turnout. Uh, uh, just about every party and member. Uh, I really would like people in the community to come stop by uh, so we can explain what we're doing. Um, it's going to be a really safe event. We're going to have hand washing stations, warming tents, uh, a lot of um, ONFHP, um, but kind of things to give out people so they can really understand why we're doing this and uh, our reasoning of, of uh, why we're trying to you know, better the facility, better the hospital, better the community, uh, earning a fair contract. And I assume you're going to ask everybody to bring their wear their mask and be properly socially distanced during all of this. So you'll probably, if we get a good crowd, it'll be spread out quite a bit around that intersection. Yes, sir. Yeah, we advise that everyone, if you come out, just wear a mask. Make sure you have hand sanitizer. Make sure you're social distancing. And it's going to be a really safe, amazing event. Yeah, and just so people understand, this is informational picketing as opposed to a strike picket. You know, the, the, they're they're not going out on strike. This is just an in, informational, informative kind of thing for for the community and and to let the uh, you know a big turnout listeners, if you're so inclined, a big turnout will really help to send a message to the administration. I recall. Oh, back in probably 2012 or so when uh, the nurses organized a huge, huge uh, rally in front of the hospital, several hundred people. It was the biggest um, labor event that I had seen in, in, in Bend since I moved here in 2001. And, I mean, they even had uh, – they they even forced and you guys don't have to respond to this, but they even enforced states forced state senator, Republican Tim Canope to come and speak on their behalf because he saw what was going on, and also as I understand that he had a child who actually um, was really well served by St. Charles, so he had a, a other personal reasons for supporting a union, which he doesn't normally do. I guess I would say. Are there are there any do's or don'ts that you have uh, that you want listeners to? understand about the picketing um it's it's uh obviously it's it's informational it's it's uh it's not meant to be necessarily confrontational i guess i would say i don't know is there do you have any response to that i do absolutely so yeah one really important point that you mentioned and i appreciate that is that there's no work about the happening um tests are continuing to work schedule shifts uh and any tech any person that you see out on the sidewalk 27 and that either uh, Sunday, not five, Jordan mentioned, or Monday, we're actually going to be out uh, noon five as well. Um, anyone that you see out there uh, is out there because they care about what they're fighting for. Uh, they care about protecting the community, and they care about uh, earning their contract. So um, it's just an important thing for people to know about informational pickets. But as for do's and don'ts, I really only have one strong do, and that is anyone that is threatened by honk, stop, Show your support for the workers who are out there picketing. You can even stop by one of our tents and bring a ticket sign yourself. Um, we'd love to have community support because really these, these workers are doing everything they can to support their community. 
and um, quite frankly, having this need to come out with them as well um, to be very, very meaningful. Um, additionally, it's, it's unambiguously true that better working conditions for healthcare uh, workers means better conditions for patients in the hospital. Um, so that's what our text is taking for, and that's what we imagine the community would join us in supporting. And you, you mentioned that there'll be something on Monday as well? Yes, Monday, noon to 5, will be meeting as well. From 12 to 5 on Monday and from 9 a.m. to 5 on Sunday. And I assume part of that is so that people can come out when they're not working or when their shifts are over or during their lunch breaks or whatever. So you can kind of have a rotating group of of, uh, of workers uh, from St. Charles out there. And that will be at the corner of 27th and Neff. Uh, I'm sure if you all, so, you know, listeners, if you're so inclined, if you're interested in showing some support for healthcare workers here in our community, um, I guess I would say anytime between nine and five, you know, if you have an hour to spare or whatever, or 12 to five on, on Sunday, nine to five or 12 to five on Monday, uh, I'm sure you would be really, uh, enthusiastically welcomed by, uh, the techs and, and everyone else that, that's out there. Are, are there any other, uh, things that you would like, um, listeners that listeners could do in addition to joining the picket line in terms of helping um i don't know letters uh, emails any anything along those lines that you're you're asking people to do absolutely so we believe this controls and taking advantage of the fact that uh, technicians and technologists are not the most visible healthcare workers so a lot of our actions including picket are about sharing the work that they do we want to make this a public conversation, right? Uh, these are workers that serve the community, and we'd love to get the community involved in that conversation. So, anything. Uh, definitely come out and support the ticket, but also reaching out to the hospital, um, writing them letters, or even more importantly, talking to your friends and family, also encouraging them to come out to the ticket, and communicating with the media, um, letters to the editor, um, those kind of public discussions are incredibly important, and we think that they have a place in this campaign, and we think that they have a place in the terms that they're contracted and uh, these workers deserve. That's great. So do you have, um, so listeners, I think if you go to um, the St. Charles website, you can find a uh, I, I I haven't really done this, so I'm not positive, but I suspect you can find some contact information. Do you have a, a Facebook page or a web page or anything like that that people can go to? Yes. Uh, they can search OFNHP for the Oregon Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter. Um, they can also search the hashtag, uh, hashtag St. Charles United. Um, they're all together. altogether. Uh, that's the hashtag we're using to um, tag photos and support posts um, for our campaign. All right, so that's hashtag St. Charles United, and your Facebook page is, uh, it's, is it the initials again? Yes. O-F-N-H-P. So it's the Oregon Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals, O-F-N-H-P. Uh, just Google that, folks, and you'll get to their Facebook page. Um, and, yeah, show your, you know, people should, um, I'm a strong believer in unions, and I hope that, I know a lot of my listeners are as well, and so I really encourage you uh, to, if you're so inclined, I always have to throw that out there, if you're so inclined, join the picket line uh, on Sunday, sometime between 9 and 5, when you have some time. That's an ample amount of time for you all to figure out when's a good time to go, or Monday from 12 to 5. And, uh, you know, join in uh, with the uh, techs who are fighting for uh, 
equity and justice in their workplace. Um, anything more that, that uh, Sam Potter uh, or Jordan Perry, anything more that you want to uh, let our listeners know about? Thanks again, guys. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and a program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.